Alright legends, welcome back dude to yet another episode of Get Around Me. What a time it is to be alive, truly. Louis C.K. has just won a Grammy for Best Comedy and my Mazda Metro is back on the roads. Which is more iconic news? I'm not sure. Okay? On one hand, the Louis C.K. thing... Louis C.K. winning the Grammy. Not great timing for the stand-up community. I'll say that. You know, we just had the whole Will Smith thing about six business days ago. I think that's why they put all these award ceremonies back-to-back. So if one of them goes kind of weird... You can have sort of the next one clean it up pretty quick. Because we just had Chris Rock get slapped in the face. You know, every stand-up comedian is saying, actors are entitled pieces of shit who can do whatever they want. Will Smith should not be rewarded for his horrific behavior. And not that what Will Smith did is as bad as what Louis C.K. did, but that's kind of the point. (laughs) There's no argument now. You know, everyone's like, oh, stand-up comedians carrying on about Will Smith slapping someone. Now we got Louis C.K. standing up there with a shiny trophy doing his best to keep his belt on, you know? Terrible timing for the culture. Terrible timing. I'm happy for Louis C.K. to to tour around and stuff. Go nuts, brother. The guy's a fucking gun. But the timing of him winning a Grammy... His uh, return to the mainstream or, you know, his his time back uh, with legitimate recognition for his work, could we have just done it next year, you know? Really not the time. We followed up one of the biggest <laughs> victim incidents in stand-up comedy with now one of our most well-known predators is up there copping a few high fives. So... Not great timing for stand-up culture, you know? Shortly, can we just have a rule? If you do something fucking weird, okay, you can't win official awards anymore. Is that the most bare minimum punishment we can have? At the moment, it seems like they're serving suspensions. You know, Louis C.K. did five years. Will Smith did about 10 minutes. Can we just have some sort of a... All right, we won't kick you out. You can still work. You can still do this. But at the very least, you will not receive an official award. You know? So weird, weird timing for Louis C.K. to be back in the sunlight, just as stand-up comedians were about to get the sympathy or respect, whichever is cooler, we deserve. So unfortunate. But in much better news, the Mazda Metro is back on the roads, dude. Okay? And, you know, the old girl, it's back. I will say driving a 22-year-old car that is in a state of disrepair is extremely humbling. Okay? Extremely humbling. Because multiple holes in the radiator, from what I can tell, And it's sort of a day-by-day thing. I swear to God, the radiator will not leak for two business days. I'm driving to fucking Wollongong and back, dude. We don't have any any leaks available. Everything is ship-shape. And then yesterday, I went to Woolies around the corner. 
It's a gentleman's seven minutes. I could have easily walked. And I get to the, I pull up in the car park and it's like the metro is just sort of evacuating all fluids. The metro is breaking the seal, as it were. The fuck, if I fill up the metro again and park it too close to Lismore, we're going to have another flood. All right. My car cannot hold water to save itself at the moment. So I'm doing a lot of running repairs around town. I will say this, if if you got to constantly sort of, uh, you know, fix up your car in varying locations, social anxiety goes out the window quite quickly. Because, dude, I'm doing, I'm filling up the old girl with, uh, with water, you know, Woolies Car Park, you know, outside comedy clubs, your driveway. I don't give a fuck, dude. The world is my garage because Macca is storing all of his paintings in our one. So sometimes people give you a weird look as if like, what are you doing in this Woolies car park right now? You've got coolant in one hand and a YouTube tutorial in the other. You're kind of freaking me out a bit. To which I reply, have a go at the state of the old girl. You should be high-fiving me for continuing to stay loyal to this machine long past its use-by date. And we should all just get on with our lives, okay? People are walking past me doing run and repairs on the metro like like I'm doing a bit of Louis C.K. business myself in the car park, okay? There's no rules against repairing your automobile in the Woolies car park, despite what people have been saying and inferring to me with their aggressive looks, you know? Yesterday, I had a guy in a freaking Mercedes, five, six bags of shopping, name brand items, and I'm topping up the old girl with a bit of coolant, and he's giving me a bit of business with his eyes. And it's like, mate, check out my car. I'm from the streets. I'll fuck you up if you keep pissing me off like this, dude, okay? I will drive my car into yours at pace. Write them both off. Okay, this is freaking Aldi brand coolant. Do I look like a man with anything to lose right now? You know? So very humbling driving the metro around at the moment because I do have to fill up with water three to four times a day. But I tell you what you will notice when I'm filling it up with water is that I'm still out and about traveling to and from destinations. So at the end of the day, that's what cars are for and I can't complain too much. But yeah, I mean, rock up to a party in a car like mine, checking the coolant levels in the, in the driveway, it's humbling. I think it's good for the soul. You know, I come in, my shoulders aren't back, they're slumped. My head's looking at the ground. I apologize for the plumes of black smoke drifting up into the third apartment. Okay? So it is humbling, but I think it's good. You know, these blokes who go straight from their L's to their dad's Mercedes on their P's. That's why you've got a terrible attitude and a weird haircut, brother. Okay? 18-year-old blokes should not have seat warmers unless they're some sort of a crypto freak. Unless you can smell Ethereum, you should not have seat warmers at 18. Okay? So I think, I think it sends you out of whack if you have too nice of a car at too early of an age. And I think the fact that I am still driving a 16-year-old shitbox at the age of 27 is... Not impressive, but at the very least, good for the soul. Okay? So that's where I'm at. That's what's going on. 
It's all happening and uh, it's pretty bloody exciting. Okay, so here's the deal. I want to crack into the yarns from the previous weekend. Being back out on tour is just bolstering the yarns like you would not believe. Okay? We got freaking, we got yarns coming out the gate before we even arrive at our destination. I'm making notes in my phone. And that's because Pat Doherty continues to be one of the greatest Pelicans I've ever left my postcode with. I mean, this guy. So as we know from last week, Pat Doherty, the snake himself, uh, he's not to be trusted. Make no mistake, he is a reptile dipped in oil. You keep an eye on that man. So Pat Doherty slithers up to my property and picks me up. We're in his Holden Rodeo once again, and it is, I will admit, quite an impressive vehicle. It's the same age as my vehicle, but runs for days at a time without refilling the water. So I've got nothing but respect for that automobile and the way it sort of gets through its work. It's impressive. But, so I rock up. Now, last week, we were sort of 20 minutes late to Wollongong because Pat pissed off this cop on the side of the highway and got drug tested for absolutely no reason. And so this week, after... A lot of the reason the cop was pissed off was Pat had no form of identification on him and really dragged his feet through the digital license process. The cop said to Pat, do you have a digital license? To which Pat replied, potentially, and then opened up his Centrelink app and started looking for it. Okay. So this week I get in the car. Firstly, I'm alarmed. Pat is wearing a head to toe purple neon tracksuit matching. Like one of these designer tracksuits. The guy does one art exhibition and think he can dress like Pete Davidson all of a sudden. I mean, the confidence on this man does have to be admired at some point. Whether it's this point or not remains to be seen. But anyway, so he's got a head-to-toe bright purple tracksuit and a bright like turquoise hat. The hat by itself is probably not offending anyone. When the hat is teaming up with the tracksuit, it's starting to piss me off a little bit, to be honest. But anyway, so I jump in the car and I say, got your license this time, legend? Ha ha. I'm joking. I'm doing one of my famous jokes, guys. I'm saying something I don't mean. Because, of course, Pat would have his license after just being drug tested and almost making us late for Wollongong. Why wouldn't you then have your license on you next time you do an even longer car ride? Of course he would, okay? He doesn't. He said he couldn't find it. So, whatever. Not filling me with confidence. I give him 20 bucks for the petrol and I tell him to screw his fucking head on, okay? So, we head out to Wollongong. No, where are we? Newcastle. We're going to Newcastle over the weekend. And uh, firstly, pull up at this Airbnb that I paid about $4,000 for, for me and Rowan Arneal. Pat was going to sleep on the floor. I am the worst at Airbnbs ever. It was some bloke's garage and only had one bed. So I apologize to Rowan then and I apologize to him now. But drop the bags off, go to the comedy club, check it out. Newcastle Comedy Club, so fucking good. Check it out if you live in the Steel City. I go, do you ever just pop in somewhere for a quiet beer and just go, oh, whoops, this is not the place 
for the quiet beer. I, I popped into Finnegan's, which is a nightclub in Newcastle, just to have a few moments to myself before the gig, have a schooner, go over my notes, and uh, think about what a what a surging talent I am in the Australian comedy scene. Okay. Well, I went. I didn't know it was a nightclub. It's called fucking Finnegan's. Sounds like a pub to me. So I went into Finnegan's and I just sat in this empty nightclub at 7 p.m. while some 21-year-old bloke just goes absolutely nuts on the decks. I had to drink my beer out of a plastic schooner because I was like in a nightclub. I was thinking, fuck, the only bloke here in danger of getting glassed is that DJ if he doesn't shut the fuck up. I'm trying to go over my Tim Payne jokes, okay? So zero dressing room vibes before the show. Roll in. The gig was so sick. Sold out in Newcastle. Uh, there's like 30 tickets left for Sydney, May 19, via my Instagram bio. And once they're gone, the whole East Coast tour is a sellout. So cheers, guys. It's fucking it's pretty, pretty sick, to be honest. Um, really appreciate it. And the gig was awesome. We broke the record for most sales over the bar for the night by like a fair fucking margin as well, which I love. Uh, One of the owners told me it's the first gig where people ordering their first beer on arrival, they were like, we don't know if we can serve you because you're that fucked up. Okay. So it's becoming a bit of a trend that people are just getting absolutely legless for my for my solo shows and to be honest fucking play on okay just don't interrupt me in the first half hour because i'm doing material and then after that we can party a bit but but yeah i'm loving it so yeah broke the bar record (laughs) which is great you know helping out the club the show was fantastic i had rowan and pat do spots before me and it was just so sick i had this one funny moment at um with the crowd where I was talking to these two old guys in the front row. So it's a Billy Darcy show. I get up there. Front row to the left, we got two like 55-year-old men. You know, God bless you if you're you're in your late 50s listening to this podcast. Uh, But I simply wasn't expecting it. Anyway, one of them was a butcher. And the other guy, I didn't get his career because I didn't particularly care for his attitude. But, well, one guy was like Sri Lankan, one guy was Aussie. And so the Sri Lankan guy went to the bar like, I want to say every seven minutes during the show. So it was pretty aggressive energy from him, which I did appreciate. But then I was chatting to the, to the other guy, the butcher. And I was like, he was such a legend. And then the Sri Lankan guy was like kind of pissing me off a bit. I said, wow, you guys are like yin and yang. And, and what I meant by that was because the white guy was being such a legend. The Sri Lankan guy was being so interrupting. And I was about to drop the hammer on the Sri Lankan guy being like, mate, this guy's an absolute legend and you absolutely suck, brother. We got two ends of the spectrum. Anyway, that's not what happened because the whole crowd assumed I was making some wildly racist joke about this guy being brown and this guy being white. So (laughs) I had to sort of tailspin out of that. I was like, you guys are like yin and yang. And everyone was like, oh, oh, Jesus. (laughs) Oh, let me tell you, if you're doing a freaking show in Newcastle and they think you're racist, you probably are, dude. Okay. <laughs> so that was probably the only faux pas, but but God bless that crowd. It was a great time. Um, went out in Newcastle. Pretty rough. Pretty rough out there. Really enjoyed it. 
I swear to God, this is true, this next story. So I ran into a, a mate of mine in Newey and he goes, let's go talk to these two girls. It's about, I want to say a gentleman's 10, 15 p.m. And I go, yeah, whatever. There's a blonde and a lady, well, lady with dark hair, black hair. Anyway, we go up there, we say hi. The lady with the dark hair is just throwing absolute heat out the gates. She goes to my mate, she goes, my friend just wants to go home with you right now. She goes, let's all just go back to my place right now. I haven't even said a word, okay? So I'm naturally suspicious. But I go, yeah, right. I go, but you don't even know if you like me yet. And she looks me dead in the eyes and goes, as long as I come, I don't give a fuck who you are. And I go, right, okay, well... (laughs) At a gentleman's 10.15, this chick is just throwing absolute heat down the pipeline. My God. Uh, I'll admit it. I personally was absolutely terrified, okay? I don't, know, I don't know how you guys rate your own sexual performance, but I don't think I was anywhere near the stallion this chick clearly needed, you know? Very aggressive. Uh, I felt like I would have just sort of just sort of bloody lied there until she was done. I'd be like, are you done, babe? Jesus Christ. <laughs> One of the most aggressive encounters I've, I've ever had. And it was the first girl I spoke to in Newcastle. Obviously, nothing happened after that. Those girls were absolute psychos, but God bless them. And uh, anyway, so then we try and go into this club and we're having a bit of trouble getting in because Pat is in a head-to-toe purple neon tracksuit and apparently you got to wear jeans to go into this club i love how a place that clearly has like three glassings a weekend also has a dress code you know and so yeah we won most violent club in newcastle three years in a row but you're gonna have to put on some leather shoes mate okay we just don't want you slipping over as you coward punch some bloke on the dance floor you know oh sorry mate that's i know i know there was a stabbing here last week but you are wearing a brown belt with black shoes. So uh, we're a little bit, yeah, we're a bit, we're a bit proper around here, mate. So sorry about that. You know, I mean, weirdest thing ever. But the other thing, and the reason I brought up that Pat Doherty did not have his identification on him is that this is a Newcastle club. You've got to scan your ID to get in. You know, they need they need as much info on you as possible because they could be prosecuting you in the morning, homeboy. Okay? You got they they need your background check, they need your social security number or whatever our one is, Medicare. It's all happening, okay? So Pat has no form of identification and he also can't get in because of the way he's dressed. And so I think honestly, if that bouncer was being honest. He just thought Pat's tracksuit was lame as shit and didn't want to let him in on principle, okay? You know, so I don't know. But anyway, so I go to Pat. I go, mate, doesn't look like you're coming in. What's going on here? And Pat is the eternal optimist. And he's also the best with people I've ever met. So if anyone can do it, it could be him. But so Pat goes up and chats to him for a bit. Tries to, you know, really lay it on thick. The guy goes, there's no situation where you come into this club without jeans and a form of ID. 
Okay. So Pat's ID is back in Sydney. There's no chance. So I go, Pat, it's not looking good, mate. Probably looking for Pat to bow out so the rest of us can go in at this stage. And Pat also had to get back to Sydney early in the morning anyway. So it was kind of lining up. Anyway, Pat goes, what do you reckon if I just go and give him 50 bucks and see if he just can put this all behind us? I go, yeah, go give it a go. So Pat goes over and tries to give to bribe the bouncer with 50 bucks to let him in with no ID and no jeans. Um, the guy dismissed Pat quicker than I would dismiss some absolute pelican at my comedy show. Okay, it was just, Pat had no chance. All right. And also, I think Pat was trying to bribe him with 50 and he only had 50 on him. So he went straight to his ceiling. The guy said, no deal. Pat said, whatever. End of an error. And then <clears throat> me and Rowan go out, have a great time. We end up back at this girl's share house uh, for some sort of a kick-ons event, having a great time. Uh, very friendly girls. Love a girl share house. Are enough women out there just getting absolute, you know, share house pads and living it up? I feel like too many women, this is this probably leading towards some sort of a hate crime, but... I feel like too many women love to live in like beautiful little apartments, you know, whereas you meet four girls who are just living in a red brick number off the back of some block, you know, just going nuts. You know, they're, they're, they're my type of gal. Girls with a little bit of mongrel in them. Love that. And they, these girls were absolute legends. So anyway, long story short, we stayed there at this share house. I slept on the couch, you know, there's no, there's no glorification there. I, I massively struck out. Anyway, uh, long story short, I paid about $4,000 for this terrible one-bedroom Airbnb, and Pat Doherty had a double bed to himself, no money down, while I slept on this couch at this, at this rough share house. So once again, Pat Doherty the snake has managed to have the last laugh yet again. I don't know how this bloke does it. I think when you're just 6'4 and that good looking, stuff just fucking works out, you know? So the snake has slithered through yet another situation with very few consequences. It's like, I swear the only, the only situation in which I have Pat Doherty's luck is when I'm crowd surfing at a Sly Withers concert. But apart from that, I mean, you know, tough sledding, tough sledding out there. So anyway, so next day, wake up at uh, this share house. We get the bus back to our Airbnb because Rowan apparently was very familiar with the Newcastle bus system. I was maybe the most hungover man in Australia. And Rowan's saying we need to get on the L37 and we're in the middle of Newcastle. I'm just like, whatever, dude. If you know what you're doing, I'm happy. So we go to the bus stop and we're chatting to this, you know, I hate to speak out of school, but we're chatting to a, a meth addict, as it were. This guy's just absolutely going nuts. And uh, pretty, pretty interesting bloke, actually. But I'm very honest as well. We said, <laughs> we said, what are you up to today, brother? Because like the, tr the bus stop was coming, or the bus, I should say, was coming in like 15 minutes with this guy. It was just me, Rowan, and this guy. And, you know, meth heads... You know, you say what you will about meth heads. What you cannot fault them is a lack of energy 
okay? They're chatty. They're very chatty. And at times a little bit scary, but the energy at times, though it may be misplaced, you can't argue that it is in fact there. So he said, you know, he started to chat to us. He said, what are you up to today, mate? And he goes, getting high. And we knew what he meant, but we just asked him if he could get us weed anyway on the off chance. And we, we knew he wasn't, he wasn't smoking weed that day. But we thought better to just bloody throw it out there. You never know. So he said, yeah, I could get you some weed. And we're like, yeah, okay. He goes, only thing though is uh, the bloke who bloke who gets my weed he was supposed to be my best mate in jail but then he's just rooted my girlfriend so we're not really speaking at the moment he goes but i could still get it for you if you want and we said what your best mate in jail has just rooted your girlfriend and he's also your weed dealer and he said that's correct we said brother don't you dare worry about that weed okay we can go without it one million percent I'm not going to send you in there to freaking this, this absolute Judas figure over here just knocked over your missus. You don't owe us a thing, mate, okay? Do not. Don't ever contact that piece of shit again, you know? So that guy, he was quite chipper about the whole thing. So, you, you know, like I said, these meth heads, dude, they've got fucking energy, bruh. Sometimes it's misplaced. But anyway, this bloke from Newcastle, shout out to Brad. Uh, he came to the show the night before. Absolute legend. Uh, he drops off sort of like a, a marijuana care package to our Airbnb. I asked him the night before he could just get us like a 20 of weed, like nothing too weird. And uh, he goes, yeah, I saw you out. He drops off in like a legitimate Christmas gift bag, like two different types of edibles. He goes, these are strong and these are really strong thinking jesus christ mate we're doing comedy tonight you know like taking edibles before the show you absolute lunatic but because we had more we had another show in newcastle saturday night i was hosting the showcase so we just want to smoke a joint at a gentleman's 1 p.m and uh be all good so sober ready to go at 4 p.m for the show at seven you know nothing too weird and uh Anyway, it gave us some weed as well, papers, even like a little note being like, welcome to Newcastle. What a legend. <laughs> what an absolute legend, you know? So obviously we didn't do the edibles, but we smoked a tiny amount of weed on the Saturday afternoon, fucking went out for dinner, sobered up, ready to go, sickest show Saturday night, sickest show I hosted. Rowan closed the show. It was just fucking awesome, okay? And then we went out after. I'm not going to bore you with another another night out story, but I will say this. My mate Jared in Newcastle, we were at this, this club. He vomited in the beer garden and was not ejected. He, like, vomited on the table. The bouncer saw it and just cleaned it up, and he was allowed to continue going about his business what the fuck do you have to do in newcastle to get kicked out if projectile vomiting on a table in front of a bouncer he didn't even get a warning you know the bouncer was almost like oh could it happen to anyone you know it's like the bouncer believed in some parallel universe where he was the one 
who could have vomited on the table. And that was just unlucky. My mate, who's had about 46 beers, happened to be the one to vomit. But it could have happened to anyone. That seemed to be the vibe around the whole incident. So Newcastle's a rough town, brother. Uh, but it's also a sensational town. So thank you, everyone, for the great times. Loved it. The next day, we took the not strong edibles on the train home. Fuck me, dude. I don't know what the strong ones have in them because the not strong ones briefly took our souls, okay? I tried to use the vending machine at the train station. I was there for about 25 minutes trying to access a Snickers bar, dude. It was it was pretty full on. So blew our heads off on the way back. Great times. And, uh, and yeah, so I loved it. Anyway, I've got a couple of fun fears just to end uh, the podcast, but yeah, dude, yarns are in. Okay, so first fun fear, straight off the bat, I got HR departments because I've been working this office job for about a year and a half and HR departments just freak me out, dude. How can a department where half the title of said department is the word human understand people so little you know you talk to someone from hr they their head moves like a velociraptor just downloading information you know it's the weirdest most uncomfortable section of people and they're in charge of communicating with the people you know hr people it's like they make up like hashtags that are gonna and then they (laughs) HR people will look you in the eye and say a hashtag they created has boosted camaraderie at the company by 11%. It's like, are you out of your fucking mind? That's the issue. You guys are trying to put numbers on people's feelings, dude. You bloody weirdo. You know, unless HR is a new strain of autism that we haven't heard of yet. These people have no excuse for some of the ways they're going about their business. I mean, this is just... Do you know what we're doing at my company now? Digital birthday cards. This is what HR is like. Yeah, this is a great way to to increase unity. You sign up a digital card. You just you hit it with the same pace you hit an email. Hi, all the best, next. You know, it's like... <laughs> what are you going to put the digital card up on your... <laughs> Up on your mantelpiece at home, going, oh, that was that was my 30th. Yep, everyone at the office signed it. Yeah, I printed it out. You can see Billy, Billy's chosen Helvetica in dark blue writing. Yeah, I love Bill. Love Bill. Love how his name is printed there in computer-generated text. Makes me think of him and the connection we shared, you know? <laughs> I feel like HR people interact with the actual employees of the company the way like aliens visiting earth would interact with humans they're just trying to understand they're like okay so when you're when you're treated fairly that makes you feel better or worse give me a scale could you answer if being treated fairly makes you feel better or worse on this pie chart of different smiley faces I have arranged for you here. Getting treated fairly, would that make you do a sad face or a happy face? And you're just looking at this 43-year-old woman who's on 350K as the head of HR going, 
are you out of your fucking mind right now? Okay, like, are you picking up any signals from anyone here about what's going on? You know, it's so bizarre. And because the HR people, they're kind of snitches, you know, that you got the big, you know, the big bosses, the big, you know, CEOs, COOs, CDO, CBO, CCO, OCO, you know, all the big wigs, the freaking cardigans upstairs. And then you got the HR department and the HR department are meant to be the bridge between the employees, the actual people doing the work and the suits upstairs. Instead, they abuse that bridge to just be absolute snitches doing very little except being like, oh, yeah, we should probably get rid of uh, company bought coffee in the kitchen. They're wasting seven minutes a day mixing up Maconas, you know? <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. It's freaking bizarre. Now, they're, now the big thing is like, with HR people, if you've just come in and you're just doing the HR straight out of uni, you know, God bless you. But some of these HR people, it's like, I'm sorry, but how could you be like 71 working in HR in 2022? You know, the world is moving. We need to move with it. These HR people are freaking me out, dude. But God bless them. I have a media degree and in a different world, I too could be working in HR. I think I must be jealous actually that I can't come up with a freaking hashtag at 11 a.m. on a Thursday and say, tools down for the week. Hashtag, hashtag, <laughs> hashtag we are one. <laughs> tools down, guys. Not going to get better than that. <laughs> All right. Everyone sign this digital congratulations cards to me and we're all going to head home. Uh, also, we're in charge of the wages, so everyone's getting a raise. Hashtag getting ahead together. <laughs> Oh, dude, HR is such bullshit. It's unbelievable. But anyway, that is the podcast for this week. Is that is that long enough? Bit of a shorter one this week because I honestly am a busy fucking bee. I'm working full time, doing the podcast during the week, doing my gigs in Sydney during the week, touring on the weekend. I'm all fucking, what is it? All steam ahead. Not stopping, never, never not grinding. I feel like <laughs> I feel like my work ethic on paper would be way better if I didn't drink so much and smoke weed as regularly as I do. Because if you just look at this work ethic on paper, I mean, call me Tony Robbins, lads. I'm out here bloody dusk till dawn working on it. The problem is I'm I'm having three column drafts and a joint most nights, so I don't think I'm really getting the uh the respect from the hustle community, you know? My videos are not being shared by alphamotivation.com, you know? Boss hunting is not giving me the respect I deserve. Unfortunately, the crypto community has failed to embrace my nonstop grinding efforts, you know? <laughs> I think if you wear a bucket hat, you just get shunned by the, by the absolute alphas out there, the, the hair gel community, the petroleum hitters, you know? So I'll just keep doing what I'm doing, but yeah. Also, last week's was an hour, so I feel like if you chop over those together, they're both a gentleman's 50 minutes. So 
you know, if anything, this week's could be described as too long, you know, and I'm sure there's plenty of blokes who'll DM me that anyway. But any, but you know, who knows? I'm sensitive about the length of this pod because other people are, and I've just internalized their insecurities. If I do a 41 minute podcast, people are in the inbox saying, too short, you piece of shit, Darcy. Okay. Next week, I do 49 minutes. Same bloke. Way too long, Darcy. I hate you. <laughs> oh, my God. But anyway, um, oh, yeah, so there's still tickets to my Sydney show, May 19, if you would like to come. And other than that, the rest of the tour is sold out. I'm going to do some more cities in June, just working that out now. And, yeah. Thanks for listening, dude. Way too long, way too long. Yeah, and I can see the ground now, I'm way too-